listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ live, live as holiday week continues. And this is a special double show. Why? Because we're off tomorrow. So we are doing both the Thursday stuff and the famous Friday stuff, including every NFL game through Sunday. We are going to give you a tidbit on plus a bonus best bet for me. So two best bets for me, one on the Thursday night game. And one over the weekend. We'll see what day it is. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan who beats the man. And he'll have a best bet, too. A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, RJ. Happy Thursday. The 49ers and Titans meet on Thursday night football tonight. The Saints are going to turn to a rookie quarterback against the Dolphins. Dalvin Cook hits COVID protocol. What is the Vegas lead, RJ? You know, let's start with the Thursday preview. We never do this. We'll start with the preview. I'm going to give my best bet within five minutes. And you've got a prop on this game, right? I do. All right. Let's start with the San Francisco 49ers, three and a half point favorites on the road against the Tennessee Titans. Okay, so let's talk about the line move. And then, AJ, you can explain what drove the line move. So uh, 49ers, as McKenzie made sure to mention a few times before the show, they've covered five of six. They've been hot. He uh, Scorching hot, I think he said. Oh, my God. He, lo- he loves that team. Boy. He loves that. But, hey, you know, it's funny. He was fo- we forced him to pick against the 49ers once this season. And lo and behold, he dies in a cover. So <laughs> you think he – I thought he'd be so rock star because you figure it'd be so hard for him to go against him. It'd be a good spot. Uh, but anyway, is the line in this game was four. So it was a little bit higher for San Fran. And remember, they're a road favor against Tennessee. But then the line went to three. And what was the driver of that? The receivers, AJ, right? Yeah, AJ Brown. AJ Brown being back this week. Julio Jones for the first time all season, not on the injury report at all. So the Titans receiving core getting a little bit healthier. And that's the names. People know AJ Brown. People know Julio Jones. Or at least they remember him. <laughs> but there was a couple announcements today, not as big names, but material enough to move the number. 
Yeah, the left side of the Titans' offensive line is out now. Taylor Lewan with a back injury officially out, and Roger Saffold, who was they were hopeful would be cleared through COVID protocol by now, not cleared. So their starting left tackle, their Pro Bowl starting left tackle, and their left guard both out for this game. So this is a great opportunity to really put into practice one of our basic premises, which is the big names. That's what people react to. But and, and, and typically they tend to react sufficiently, meaning if they're out, they account for them being out sufficiently. If they're in, they do the same. Sometimes they over account for the big names. My gut feeling is Julio Jones moves the needle more than he than maybe is warranted, maybe than he merits. So the over under for his receiving yards is in the thirties, right, AJ? Yes. I mean, think about that. Julio Jones. Oh, and obviously he was a monster in it, you know, when healthy in his prime, a great receiver. But thirty some yards? Yeah, that, that shouldn't move the needle too much. But it does. Now, linemen, they don't move the needle as much, but they should. So right away, my instinct here is to look towards San Francisco. But that's not going to be my best bet. I'm going to give my best bet right now, and it is going with the under. Under for the game, under 45 and a half, best bet, R.J. Bell. And here's why. The line was in the 44 range, and it got ticked up to 45 and a half. Now, remember, 44 is a key, key total. So just like with sides, 3, 7, 10, those are key numbers because they happen as a margin of victory more often. But totals also have key numbers. It's going to be combinations of 7 and 3. Right. So as you can, uh, you know, 44 is a key number. 41 is a key number, et cetera. 37 used to be a monster key number. Those days are past. Those days are gone. But it's too low now. So we got going under a past the key number of 44, under 45 and a half. And my thinking is and let me ask you, AJ, is. If you take two linemen out and you have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, I'm not sure that's even a net positive. I'm not either. And this is a very physical defense. They're going to cause havoc up front. Yeah, San Fran. And to me, I think probably those two receivers are worth more to the scoring. But here's what you got to keep in mind. The 44 the number that it was assumed A.J. Brown was going to come back, or at least there was a real high likelihood of it. So it was built in there. So if both Julio Jones and A.J. Brown had been declared out, the line would have went down from 44. So it was somewhere in the middle waiting to see what happened with those guys. So considering the fact that this was a move upwards when the receivers were declared ready to play – that already had moved up a little bit because there was some assumption that was going to happen. Now that movement feels especially big considering the linemen that in theory should counteract it. So this is a perfect play for, when I say perfect, I mean, it's a scenario I love, which is 
to fade the overreaction of the public to the big names and to be on the side of the lesser names that maybe are equally important. What do you think of the play? I love the play. I actually leaned to under 44 earlier in the week, with, and I was already assuming that A.J. Brown was returning this week. So the the bump up off of the news that they're officially back uh, just makes me like this even more. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. My bonus best bet under in tonight's game, under 45 and a half. And I'll have another weekend best bet before the end of this jam-packed hour but we're not going to rest on our laurels, AJ. You've got a prop bet. Yeah, I'm going to go George Kittle over 70 and a half yards. I know you're going to get on me for the <laughs> over. In the last three weeks, Kittle's averaging over nine catches on 11 targets per game, 141 yards per game. His season average is over 77 yards per game, and that includes several games early in the season when he was banged up, just not healthy. I think we're getting good value now on a number that doesn't represent what a healthy Kittle has been able to do lately. And obviously, he's become a very, very focal point of the offense, particularly these last couple weeks when Debo Samuel's been more in the backfield and he's the downfield threat. So explain to me how Kittle, who has gotten a ton of publicity on this 49ers run, how is it that 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 the market is undervalued? How is it that it's too low? Well, as you know, I mean, mostly when they make these when they make these totals, these uh, prop totals, they're doing an average of what they've done this season. It, well, it's it's very mechanical. I agree with that. And then early in the season, he was just he wasn't 100 percent. He wasn't playing healthy. The last several weeks, he's been healthy and they've been targeting him more. He's just blown up. And the number is still, you know, it's still acting like it's his regular season average. I just don't believe that's the case. So, so since he returned from his injury, what's his average been? I'd have to look up the exact date. I, I just looked up the last several games where they've really been they've yeah, so upped his target been, significantly. So what's been the last several games? Well, the last three games, and, and this is the, the third game that uh, that Mitchell, the running back, has been out, and Debo Samuel's moved into the backfield more. He's he's a, obviously kind of a wild card player. They use him as a running back a lot, which means that when they're throwing the ball. George Kittle's been the downfield target, which that's over. And again, Mitchell being out again tonight, I expect more of the same from that. Kittle, by the way, averaging 90 yards in seven games since returning from injury. Okay, so 90 yards, seven games since returning from injury. And tonight's over under is? 70 and a half. Okay, you know something? I can almost. Now, let's think about this. How does Tennessee. Tennessee runs the ball a little more. So maybe he's a few less or one or two less possessions. I still see some value here. It's just I, my instincts are, I know. <laughs> are oh, it's not just it's one thing to say over or, or under instead of over. But when it's a big name, you know, it, it scares me. But listen, I could see it. I could see it. Now, the one paradox here is we know the batters out there are going to bet my best bet. Are, are they are they going to bet yours, which feels like it's almost like a hedge in a way? Because that are you going to be rooting for Kittle to catch the ball, or are you thinking no, no, we don't want scoring? Like that feels like it would tie people up into knots. That might do just that. I'm going to be on both plays though, so I'm going to hope that there's a lot of red zone stops. How about that? Well, I would advise 
to bet mine and pass on AJ's. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm just saying, if you if you have to pass on one, <laughs> be honest, AJ. If you had to pass on one, what would you do? You know what? I for this for the sake of non-argument, I'm going to say I would pass on mine. <laughs> I'm in the I, Christmas spirit. It only it only took me a couple, it only took me three months. I beat him down. That's it. He's <laughs> we got too much. We got too much more show to get to for me to. Uh, well, speaking to, of that, when we come back, we have the most popular segment of the week a day early, which is every game this weekend in the NFL. At least one tidbit you need to know. All that and more coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government runs the business. The government keeps store. Congress takes a dollar. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just, just a minute, we're going to get into what we normally do on Friday, our most popular segment of the week, where we go through every NFL game and give you a tidbit that you need to know before you bet. It doesn't matter if you bet. It doesn't matter if you don't bet. Because even if you're just a fan that wants to know what's really happening, you want to know more than your buddies, well, Vegas is the place to get that info from. And we're the show to give you that Vegas info. <laughs> and this weekend is a great time. And we're off tomorrow. Uh, obviously, FSR is never off. 24-7, baby, for real. <laughs> but this weekend, good time always to check out the podcast. You can listen on um, your favorite pod player. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip. Mackenzie, what's the weather right now? 55 degrees. Ooh, 55. And what's the neon doing? It's pulsing. Ooh, it's pulsing, AJ. (laughs) (laughs) All right, RJ, let's take a look at these games. Let's start with the Saturday games. Cleveland minus 7.5 at the Green Bay Packers. You know, hearing Mackenzie say pulsing is a little disturbing. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I, I don't know why I don't, but I don't. (laughs) okay Cleveland dream crusher right oh they lost what a tough game Raiders kicked the field goal okay maybe but they still have a 16% chance to make the playoffs based upon 538's projections and they're very respected so to me as much as we might sit and think man they're in the dumps at 16% I'm not sure the Browns aren't fully motivated and with the coach being out last game, with Baker being out, my sense is those two are going to especially want to step up. And if you look at Green Bay specifically, they're motivated because they're in control of their own destiny to get the buy in the number one seat. So I think both teams are motivated. 
though the Browns are not obviously motivated from some perspectives. Saturday night game, Arizona minus one hosting the Colts. You know, one more thing about the Packers. I, I really was high on their defense, and it looked really good against Seattle. Now, how much of that was Russell Wilson's lingering finger injury? But in the four games since, they've given up an average Green Bay has of 31 points a game. AJ, that's over 30 points a game. That's incredible. So, I mean, to me, that, I'm not even going to double. I'm not going to check your math on that. No, I mean, it's a, 31's above 30, and 30 is kind of a demarcator. I, maybe when they get some players back, but this Green Bay D is not what people were kind of projecting it to be. All right, Arizona minus one hosting the Colts. Now, this was a great example if you like to buy low and sell high. Because this is as low as Arizona has been since they started the season hot. And getting dominated by the lines is how you get low in the eyes of batters. <laughs> the Colts are as high as they've been. I mean, by far. There's coach of the year talk for Reich. And how did the lines move? Well, if you would have bet this game a week ago, so before last weekend's games, Arizona was favored by five points. Five. That's more than four. Now, <laughs> now, what was the line as of yesterday? Pick them. So literally a five-point adjustment. How does that happen? If there's not injuries, and remember, Hopkins was out already at that point. So yep. there's no Hopkins adjustment. The most you can downgrade a team, the most is usually a point, unless there's injuries. So in the most you can upgrade a team is a point. Let's say we're going to break the mold with Arizona and downgrade them one and a half, because that was a bad loss. Well, net net then, the directional towards the Colts would be the Colts plus one, for the New England win, though, I think that is a little generous because, I mean, that, that, the punt block really drove that game. And then let's say one and a half point downgrade for Arizona. So now it's net net two and a half points of movement. So five becomes two and a half. Five doesn't become pick them. Now, the line has ticked up to one. But man, oh, man, I don't have the guts on this one because I do believe that Kyler Murray, when he's banged up, it really hurts him more than most. Everyone is less of a player when they're hurt, but some more than others. And Kyler is very sensitive to injury. He doesn't want to run the ball when he's hurt, it seems like. And number two, though, I I think that what we're seeing with Kingsbury is he, he, that type of offense tends to uh, lose efficiency later in the year because it's simple. It's a sim simple NFL offense. And as people get more and more tape on it, it's something the defenses tend to do better and better against. That combination doesn't make me anxious to play Arizona, but I can't play the Colts because they're so expensive right now. Yeah, the Cardinals 27th in yards per play against the run, and obviously the Colts the best running team in football, so some matchup advantages for the Colts as well. Tampa Bay, minus 10 at the Carolina Panthers. Okay, you've got a great thought here about 
Carolina and what they can do with Cam. Yeah, so obviously Chuba Hubbard's filled in admirably for Christian McCaffrey. They've actually been running the ball pretty well, but you just don't run against the Bucks. Teams don't even try to run against the Bucks anymore. So now you're asking Cam Newton to beat this Buccaneers team down the field. Cam's been so horrible. Uh, he just played his third straight game with a QBR under 30. The alternatives are obviously not even better than him. But the Bucks, they lost a lot of guys. Chris Godwin done for the year. Leonard Fournette out, Mike Evans questionable, so lots of question marks well, on whether the Bucks can and want to get margin. Well, I disagree with that a hundred percent. Wow, you, you, you I was going to say, man, good feedback, there, AJ. <laughs> then you just you I, always I talk gotta, too long. You always got to keep going until you reach that area of like, really, you don't. Well, let me just tell you how Tom Brady is off a loss. Forget off a. Uh, a shutout. Forget off an embarrassment on national TV. Off a loss in his career, this goes back to New England, goes to Tampa, his career, Tom Brady is 70% against the spread after losing a game straight up. That's 44 winners, 19 losers only. 44 times you cash back in Brady, 19 times you don't. That's 70%, which is over 69. And I'm telling you something. All right, I'm done with that. But I'm telling you something is if there's ever a time that a favorite's going to want margin, it's Tom Brady looking to completely want to put behind him that embarrassment. I have no doubt they want margin. This would be a rare time I'd pull an AJ and lay the lumber here. I was going to say, I feel like this feels like me trying to talk you into taking a 10-point road favorite in no, division. No, I'm, I'm talking to our, our audience across the country, not you. I mean, ah. I, I, I mean, what, you, you lean towards Carolina? No, I, I lean towards the Bucks, but I couldn't pull the trigger on them because of those injuries. All right. The Philadelphia Eagles, 10-point favorites, hosting the Giants. Okay, so we did, and Mackenzie Rivers gets some credit here, and Brad Rousseau. I don't like that at all. Just bot. Yeah, but still, let's listen. When you have an aristocratic name like Rousseau, I don't feel right not saying it, but I don't feel right saying it. <laughs> but we did do some interesting work. How do teams do when their NFL games are scheduled uh, or rescheduled might be the better way to say it. Now, the diligence of the research team, they went all the way back to 2010, and there were four um, teams that, uh, or yeah, four teams that had their games rescheduled, two separate games. And then, obviously, we've seen it last year. And now this year's the first time this week we're seeing the aftermath. So what we're saying is we're not saying how do they do during the rescheduled game. We're saying how do they do after the rescheduled game when their routine is messed up, when their plans are messed up. When you're supposed to play on Saturday, you got certain plans. Now you play on Monday. What happens? If you're supposed to play on Sunday, now you play on Tuesday. So there's been a total of 16 teams in 2010 and last year that were rescheduled. How did they do the game after the rescheduling? Six and ten against the spread. So that disruption feels real. 
six winners, ten losers against the spread, and the teams this week that applies to. So I'm not looking to play any of these teams, or if I do, I better have a monster reason. Washington, Philadelphia, Seattle, the Rams, the Raiders, and the Browns. And obviously on that list is the first team mentioned, Philly, or Philly here, and uh, you've got it for the rest of the teams also. What do you think, AJ? Do you see this as a, a pertinent piece of data? Absolutely. And last year when, when Buffalo and Tennessee had to move their game, it, it I mean, we talked about this in pre-production, it threw off Buffalo for, for the next two weeks. I mean, it's just it's very difficult to overcome something like that. Agreed. L.A. Chargers, 10-point favorites at the Houston Texans. All right. Now, A.J. likes the Chargers here. Let, let's just be clear on that one. I have a prediction. Almost like, let's go old school. Johnny Carson, imagine the envelope. Now, again, I, I never saw this, but I heard about it. And saw. The, I always would see the um, – uh, when they did like the anniversary show, you'd always see, you know, this or that. And I was a Letterman fan, and my grandparents were like, oh, Letterman stinks, Johnny Carson. So now I'm saying, oh, Fallon stinks, Letterman. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a grandparent, but still, <laughs> I'm not a kid. The, um, <laughs> the research that we did here, and this is a prediction I'm making, is – the Chargers have the worst special teams in the NFL. Now, how do we measure that? Is we look at expected points added summed up on all of their special teams plays. The very best special teams in the league, you guessed it, the Houston Texans. So we got the best versus the worst. And I'm making a prediction there's going to be a big play that allows Houston to cover on special teams, AJ. That's what I'm predicting. Well, we talk about how the Chargers are so bad against the run, they invite the run. The Texans' leading rusher is Mark Ingram, who hasn't played for them since week seven. They cannot run the ball. I don't think they can control the clock enough to beat the Chargers. But the special teams thing, that is very, very apt, actually. The uh, Atlanta Falcons, minus five and a half, hosting the Lions. Okay, so back to EPA. So the beauty of it... And it's a very respected analytic number or, yeah, and I think it's it's a number, is it allows you to break up any set of plays you want. And that's the beauty of it. You can say, show me all fourth down, show me all special teams, show me, you know, and, and that's one of the real nice things about it. Well, we can actually break down and say, show us the effect of every turnover a team has had and then every turnover a team got, took away, right? Give away, take away. And then we said, okay, let's take the net number. Now, what most people do is they look at the net margin. Oh, so-and-so had 10 giveaways, five takeaways, so they're minus five, right? Well, I thought, huh, very few people are doing the EPA. Why don't we see which teams 
are deceiving on the net margin where maybe the turnovers weren't all that important because all turnovers are not created equal, right? You throw a pick six, that's a 12-point play or something if you're down on the other end zone. Like if you're ready to score and you throw an interception and it goes back for a touchdown, it's a monster swing. But if you're on your own 35 and throw a 40-yard pass and there's an interception, it's like a punt. So which teams have been, let's say, lucky or unlucky when it comes to their turnovers. And what we got here is Atlanta has been the luckiest team in the league when it comes to their turnovers. And and if you actually look at it, their net margin is uh, 24th. So their net margin looks bad. But their EPA is actually 15th, and that's the biggest difference on turnover. So on one hand, you're in the bottom quarter of the league. That's what the net margin tells us. But then if you actually look at the truth of it, the EPA, Atlanta hasn't been that unlucky. Now, what does that mean to us? It means anyone that's looking at Atlanta and saying, oh, no wonder they're no good because they have such a bad negative net margin and turnovers, that can be a way to explain away a bad team's performances. But in truth, they're about average when it comes to the effect of those turnovers. So another reason I think Atlanta might be a little overrated. Atlanta, they're, they've got five losses against playoff teams. New England, Tampa, Dallas, and San Francisco. Obviously, Tampa twice. They're minus 100 in point margin against those five teams that are playoff teams. Philly, I left out because they're sort of a, in a dead zone. I don't know what to think of them, if they're good or not. But against bad and below average teams... The Falcons are 6-2 and two straight up and have a positive point differential. So they've got the fourth worst point differential in the league, but 100 of those points are in five games against top-tier competition. No, it's a good point, actually. I think profiling teams and saying how do uh, – profiling opponents and saying how does this team do against running teams, passing teams? How does this team do against elite teams? How does this team do against – below average teams. I think you make a really good point there. So it's going to be a a fascinating game. Okay. That news about the third string left tackle now, I just looked at the number. It it seems like the total staying solid at 45 and a half. I really like that under. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. Every every bit of news that's come out has helped, and the numbers not pushing downward in any way. I don't I don't understand it exactly. And if you look at the backup stats, the offensive linemen for the Titans, they're both decent against the run, run blocking, awful against the pass blocking, like worst worst numbers you're going to see in the league. Which means those receivers are going to have a little trouble if the quarterback Tannehill's on his back. <laughs> so my bonus best bet under, and I gave this in the first segment under 45 and a half. And tonight's Thursday game. When we come back, we're going to finish up the last couple games. And my best bet and AJ's best bet. I'm giving you another one, baby. That's coming up next. But first, if you're dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. 
Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. RJ Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Let's jump right back into it. Cincinnati minus three hosting the Ravens. Yeah, we got a jumbo segment here, baby. Two best bets coming up and the rest of these games. We give one tidbit on every NFL game between now and Sunday, through Sunday. Lamar Jackson not practicing brought this line up to three. From two and a half. That's a major move. A lot of people looking at Huntley and saying, oh, he looks like a, a Lamar, but he can throw better. Remember, guys, we talked about it for years. Quarterbacks that they don't have a lot of film on, they tend to look better early if they're capable, but then the defenses figure them out. I'm not saying it's going to happen immediately, but be always be careful with a newcomer that bursts on the scene. They tend to get the, the, their bubble burst fairly quickly. If Huntley is the starter, be careful. Last week maybe doesn't happen, or most likely doesn't happen again. Jets minus one hosting the Jags. Okay, so I follow the Jags very closely because <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is You're the kind, one. is kind of my nemesis. It's tall, good-looking, with the flowing hair. Eh, enough. Well, what I uncovered or saw was they're changing who are, is calling the play. So, obviously, Urban Meyer got fired. And, uh, oh, I'm having a mental block. Who called the plays last week, AJ? Daryl Bevel. Yeah, Bevel called the plays. Now, Schottenheimer is calling the plays. Now, you know what Schottenheimer likes to do? He likes to run the ball. With Seattle, he, he didn't even let Russ cook properly, apparently. <laughs> and you know what the Jets are best at? I'm not saying they're good. They're best at stopping the run. I think this is a real bad thing for Jacksonville. I like the Jets here. Seattle minus six hosting the Bears. Right here on FSR, Colin Cowherd played a sound clip of Russell after the game on Tuesday. And he said that... You know, we tried to overcome the injuries and this and that. We just didn't do it this year. Didn't do it this year. Past tense, season over. You can say that's a quirk or that was a miss. He misspoke. I don't think so. I think that this is the first time, the first time in his career, he's got a meaningless game. And personally, it feels like he's checked out. AJ, I know you were skeptical of his energy level uh, or his focus even after the injury, but, man, I think there's a real chance he's a little bit checked out this game. Yeah, this is the first ever first time he's ever had a losing season in his in his career, college or pro. So, obviously, and the talk of him wanting to get out of town, I think it all 
adds up to him not being fully and, focused or motivated. And the losing season's pertinence is because these, this game, these upcoming games, really don't mean anything for the first time in his career. Exactly. Kansas City, minus 7.5, hosting Pittsburgh. Okay, so this line's ticked up to 8.5, and, and that's the oh. story here. The line was 10 when there was no major COVID concerns. Then uh, Hill, Kelsey were expected to be out. Expected. The line moved to 7.5. Right? That 2.5 points off of 10, that's a pretty big move. But those are two, that's a cluster injury, a playmaker, if you have two of them out. Or a cluster absence. But now with the new protocols, there's a chance that they're going to play. The market is acknowledging it. The line has gone back up to eight and a half. So it's kind of sitting in the middle waiting to see what happens. Very interesting. Think about the marketplace almost like an EKG. You get excited. It does something. You, you're a little tired. It does something else. The market's reacting to the world around it, which is, to me is a fascinating thing. Uh, so the market is telling us there's a chance Kelsey and Hill play. Raiders pick them hosting Denver. Uh, I don't know. What do you think on this game? I think that I think the one thing that makes me blowy about this game is how bad the Raiders have played. And you might think, well, wait a minute, they just won, right? Yeah, they won on a last-second field goal against like a preseason-type roster because of the absences. No coach, no starting quarterback, no second-string quarterback for the Browns. Except for that win, quote-unquote, the Raiders haven't won a game since Thanksgiving. So let's not let it deceive us, the fact that the Raiders won this game that we kind of all watched on a standalone day, or at least we were aware of it. I don't think it changes how bad this team's playing. I agree. I I worry Drew Locke, quarterback in the Broncos. The Broncos are a team built to not make mistakes, and Drew Locke is a mistake maker. So I don't know well, if they're. Well, I'll tell you, uh, AJ, your thoughts on Locke. It's a lock that you're going to mention it every every time that he might start. I'm not. I mean, really, your main take here is is that Drew Locke's not good. No, I just don't know that if if they're played if they beat a backup quarterback last week, I don't know that the Broncos should be looked at as a better team on the road, basically a pick 'em on the road. You're saying they're way better with a backup quarterback. I, I don't know if I well, believe. How's that. this sound? I'll take Denver. You take the Raiders. I already have a bet with Fez. Oh, from the there last we night. go. Backing off. Continue. Uh, Dallas minus ten and a half hosting the football team. This Dallas defense, I think it's good, and AJ isn't so sure about it but since the injury since that comeback of of or the players have gotten healthier on defense just the last game or two I've been impressed I particularly like if you want to have an extra bet this week this isn't my best bet I particularly like under in the Washington team total under Washington team total I like the Dallas day all right let's get into best bets RJ all right, so, A.J., you got honors here. What is your best bet in the NFL? 
My best bet is going to be the Bills plus two and a half at the Patriots. Pats are going to be without a lot of their playmaking guys. Their practice today, they Ramondre Stevenson, their running back, didn't participate. Their their other two running backs were limited participants. Their number one wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, out. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, COVID protocol, he's going to be out. They are very limited with playmakers. This game was basically a coin toss in the least ideal situations for Buffalo's offense last game. I think now with better weather, better opportunities for Buffalo to get their offense going the way they want, I think Buffalo's the better team here, plus two and a half at the Patriots. Okay, I got 30 seconds. My best bet is going to be the Minnesota Vikings plus three and a half. It's real simple. The Rams had a key game against Green Bay, and they laid an egg. They've won against Jacksonville. They won against a, a fading Arizona team. I don't think they're as imp- – and they won on a goofy Tuesday game against Seattle. I don't think they're near as good as they seem. Vikings, best bet. If you missed any of today's show, including the rundowns on all the NFL games this weekend, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. We are wishing you and yours happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.